0: Hi Bob Brill, he's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill a Fantasy Football Podcast and i video videocast as well. And you can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsin, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcast. And now we're also on megaphone through the C-Suite Network. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links to all this at Kramerandbrill.com. That's the easiest way. Well, Wild Card Weekend is over, and now we're set for Round 2 to begin. While most regular season fantasy leagues are done, there's still a lot of fantasy and money leagues going on through the Super Bowl. So we'll take a look at all the playoff games each week, and right now we're going to take a look at how we did for you. Well, let me start off by saying the beard's gone. The playoff beard is history. Um, And Short-lived. Hockey, All right. se- hockey season is getting ready to start. <laughs> uh, y- I, you could not have been more right and I could not have been more wrong. I was really confident the Steelers would win this one. And, oh, my. And oh, my, as I think when I texted you during the game, as you were texting back and forth during the Steelers and Browns games, You know, when the first play of the game results in a bizarre touchdown by the opposing team on a mistake by the rock of your offensive line, you know it's going to be a long night. And despite a second-half comeback by Pittsburgh, you were right. It was the Browns' night to win, and they did. Uh, ben had over 500 yards with four picks. Juju had over 150 yards. And, wow, what a crazy game. So, go ahead before we get to how we did. <laughs> Take your shots.
1: <laughs> well, I, I just I made this comment to somebody. So, think about this for a second. You got the Hall of Fame center in Pouncey hiking it over the Hall of Fame quarterback's head, who just happens to be 6'7". And with an outstretched arm, he's eight and a half feet tall. <laughs> and it still goes over his head. So, I, yeah, bad way to start the game. But I'll, I'll just say this, that, um, you know, just look what the Browns had to overcome. Just walking into the game, before the game even started, it's been 17 years of losing yeah. in Pittsburgh, straight. And then their best offensive lineman, Betonio, is out. Uh, they got two starting cornerbacks out. Head coach and three other coaches are all out. Uh, no playoff game in 18 years. And the one that they did play in the last one, they lost to the Steelers. So I, it was, uh, you know, everything could have, could not have been more stacked against the Browns uh, other than the way they've played this year. And you look back to that game, they played against the Ravens. I think it was either the last or one of the last Monday night football games that might've been one of the best games in history. And uh, that's just, I think with their new coach, with the stockpile of draft picks the Browns have amassed over the last several years, I mean, you you think they'd have to be good, and they were. And I, you know, I, I'm sorry for that for the Steeler fans, including you, but uh, that, was, that was a tough, I think, hill to climb for the Steelers. And like I said earlier, I think their record at 11-0 and was they really weren't an 11-0 type team, right. I'll say that. And, I, um, I,
0: I think that that's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, and they made changes. Uh, they had to get everybody has injuries, but their in- injuries on defense were devastating. And I think that's probably where uh, one of the most overlooked uh, departments, uh, you know, everybody talks about the running game and wasn't there and they changed the offense and, and things like that. And Ben was a statue and, and things, uh, you know, but uh, I think the most devastating thing that hurt them was the loss of the core of their defense, which was the linebackers. And they were only playing with one healthy linebacker out of the starting four by the midway through the season, toward the end of the season.
1: Yeah. That, that, and yet their defense hung in. And I think the thing that a lot of people couldn't figure out and have commented on all season was Pittsburgh's are running back town right. and they just kind of abandoned for some reason the run this year. Uh, but whatever. Anyway, but in looking at the Browns, to me, they kind of are reminiscent of what we've seen out of the Packers the last couple years. A, a new, bright, young head coach right. takes over a team that's got some talent, um, a great quarterback in Rodgers, which I think Mayfield didn't start out that way, but he's starting to move at least in the direction of a quarterback who's competent, somewhat athletic, can manage games, is an emotional leader, and is now making very good decisions consistently. That's the recipe for what the Browns and prior to them, the Packers have been doing. Um, So I I think, uh, like I said, I I feel bad for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, they kind of brought this on themselves to a degree because some of the comments that Smith-Schuster had made during the week, well, the Browns are the Browns. Well, okay, well, now the Steelers are the Steelers. And maybe this is a new trend. Who knows? Um, as for the bears game, you know, yeah, I kind of saw that coming as well. And I think this, uh, Trubisky project seems to me to be over. I know there are still proponents, I guess, either way, but, um, to me, this, the, the building blocks, the last part of the season have been set, not with Trubisky, but with the offensive line coming together, um, David Montgomery establishing himself, I think, as as an ascending running back in this league. The receiving core is solid. Um, They could possibly add to that. But Allen Robinson is is as good as it gets out there. And I think now Ryan Pace has to concentrate on getting himself the right quarterback. He's been having to defend Trubisky these last few years against not picking Mahomes and, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson and whoever. But they picked the wrong guy. Big deal. A lot of teams do that so now get over it and either through it, free agency acquisition getting a guy who's uh maybe not someone starter but has played well and maybe you could build around until the right draft pick guy comes along I don't know but I think that the project with Trubisky I think now is and should be over
0: were you surprised that uh I, and I was shocked that in I think it was the end of the third quarter Khalil Mack didn't even have one tackle
1: Well, um, you know, there's been games like that this year where he it's almost like he's not the wrecking ball that, uh, say, Aaron Donald is, you know, on Mm -hmm. on a play by play, game by game basis. Right. Uh, There are times when he is unblockable like he was. Remember his last last year. The first game he played in with no practice was against the Packers where he wrecked that game single handedly. And yet somehow the Bears still lost or Mm -hmm. the Packers found a way to win. Um, but I think you're right. So Khalil Mack not showing up and a lot of, the, you know, uh, Roquan Smith going down and just they just lost the fire that they had somehow built up the last few weeks.
0: I want to think that before we leave this section, I want to ask you about, again, I want to get back to Pouncey and, and Roethlisberger. Um, and they've had a special relationship for nine years now. Going back to as a player, how special was that relationship between the quarterback and his regular center?
1: Well, it's huge because if you think about, okay, the cor- who's the quarterback of the offensive line? Typically, it's the center. And if you watch Marquise Pouncey, he's the guy making all the calls at the line of scrimmage, directing everybody where to go. There's not a smarter, more athletic, uh, fantastic center. And yet, remember the play, it was third and one. It, 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 I think it was their second series or third series of the game and whoever I can't remember the, the guy's name, but uh, the big, stout defensive tackle that was all on the nose, and just drove Pouncy right into the running back. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yet Pouncy, as you said, I mean he's been one of the best centers of all time, and they're in Pittsburgh. And you're right. I mean it's uh, uh, you know it kind of reminds me. So two centers, uh Kevin Glover, who when I was with the Lions uh, was a long time. Uh, Pro Bowl caliber and made several Pro Bowls there as a center uh, played at Maryland. And then uh, Jerry Fontenot with the bears. Um, You know, these guys were incredible. And like you said, they are like, I just got through saying they are the quarterback of the offensive line. And so they, they trigger everything that happens. They make every, they get every call started up front and the guy's got to be a solid, disciplined, dependable, and, and, Marcus Pounce, Marquise Pouncey's case, a, extremely athletic guy.
0: You know, when I was in junior high school, I played on a, our championship team. We won eight and zero, and I was the center for that team. And I always, I always loved the center position. I like playing quarterback more, but I mean, you know, the center position is what, what what when we played organized ball is where I ended up. And I was a good. They write player.
1: more articles typically about a quarterback. Yeah, but, it's true.
0: So I but get the, it. The, the point I'm going to make here is, I always said, and I think I'm right here no one has the chance to screw up a game more ways than the center, mm. even more than the quarterback, because yeah. the quarterback has to get the ball from the center. The right. center can screw up the hike. He can, uh, uh, you know, miss uh, miss the hike. He can give it at the wrong time. He can make the blocks wrong. He, he can, you know, there's so many ways the center can screw up a game uh, even, but the quarterbacks get all the, all the attention for that. So.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this about, so what, when you mentioned about the snap, okay, typically. So when the quarterback's under the center, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of limb here and say in the upper 90 percentile, like 98, 99% of the time, mm-hmm. if there's a fumbled snap, it's not the center's fault. It's the quarterback's fault. It's leaving too soon with his hands. It's not riding the bottom hand. It's separating his hands when the ball and the ball pops through there. It's what I, it's, Typically, never the center's fault. Now, obviously, in a shotgun situation with Pouncey the other night, it was one guy's fault. And so everybody sees it. But, you know, um, you're right. I think there's so much to coordinate with the offensive line in in the moment, like in the very second before the ball snapped. Those four or five seconds beforehand, there's all kinds of calls being made. And they're all generated. The first guy that's making them is the center.
0: So let's get right to uh, how we did for you overall. Uh, we loved Kamara for the Saints, and he was over the top again. I said the Bears would hold their own for the first half, and they did, but it was just too many Saints to hold back. We said Tom Brady would roll, and he did, 381 and a pair of scores, although Gronk only had one target. Uh, we liked Antonio Brown, especially if Mike Evans was out. Well, Mike Evans was in. 600, uh, six catches, 119 yards. A.B. caught two, but for 49 yards and a touchdown, that's over 24 yards a catch. Uh, it was all Leonard Fournette on the ground with 93. I like Logan Thomas. He had five catches for 74, but Taylor Heineke on the center was just no match to lead this offense. And we like the Rams defense here, and they sacked Russell Wilson five times and had a pick six of the game, which was supposed to feature John Wolford. Wolford got hurt early. Jared Goff came in, did the job, while Cam Akers, who we really liked, rushed for 131 and a score. You may remember I said, go to Metcalf this game and he led Seattle receivers with five catches for 96 and two scores. We both said it was not going to be Wilson's day, and aside from the five sacks, he was 11 for 27, 174 yards, and watching from the cheap seats now. Uh, We said there was going to be too much Josh Allen here and a pair of scores and 324 yards back us up. Oh, and uh, add in a rushing TD and 54 yards for the quarterback. On the receiving side, we like both Diggs and Davis. They caught uh, 10 passes between them. Each averaged 21.3 yards a catch. For the Colts, we like Taylor, who had a decent day with 78 to score. But we were not sold on Rivers, and he was just rather pedestrian. Now, we both like Lamar Jackson this week. And if you woke up Monday morning and someone told you the Titans-Ravens game, somebody had 135 yards rushing and two touchdowns, you would say, hey, Derrick Henry had a great day except it was Lamar Jackson who did that, and Henry was held to 40 yards. Trending up this week, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, the Rams defense, and Antonio Brown. Trending down this week, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, and the Browns defense. So your thoughts on this week?
1: Okay, so Alex Smith, right, looks like the only option, obvious choice for comeback player of the year. I mean, the guy came back from, one of the options was to lose his leg. So now he's playing again on a repaired leg, all these surgeries, but it was Taylor Hankey who ends up playing in this game. Nobody's heard of him or where he's come from. And yet here's a guy that, to me, was going toe-to-toe with Brady. He was anticipating throws. He was athletic and escaping pressure. He was making dump-off throws. He, he looked like the Pro Bowl type of quarterback. And where'd he come from? So I think that had they won that game, now that they've lost, I, I get it. So he's home and he'll have to wait till next year. But had they won that game, He'd be playing and would be the story this week in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Goff is another guy that nobody thought was going to play. At least I didn't. 12 days earlier, he just had thumb surgery to repair a broken and torn ligaments in his thumb. And here he is 12 days later playing um, and under you know pressure in Seattle, by, by the way. And obviously, they wrote a great defensive effort and an effective running game. But he delivered himself in a situation where I didn't think he could. Um, and, but I'll say this, you were right on DK Metcalf. I thought the Seattle objective, I think I said, this was to beat the Rams, not Ramsey, but Metcalf beat Ramsey and he beat the whole bear defense. He was, um, innovative and, and, uh, you know, made a great adjustment on the route. He ended up catching, it was going to be a short route, Russell scrambles, and he ends up cutting his, or breaking his route and going deep and hits, they hit a home run with it. Um, and I think Metcalf is, as we've all seen what a dynamic talent he is. And now he's got the work ethic, not just now, but has applied himself in a way that you can see he's going to be productive for a long time. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, as for Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's my wild card in this playoffs throughout the wild card and playoff run. Uh, We all just saw the Titans didn't have an answer for Jackson. Well, no NFL team this year, especially down the stretch here, has had one. Um, Again, think back to that Browns game at the end of the season on on Monday night, and it was him coming in from the locker room and, you know, basically in in a play or two winning the game. Um, I think that the Ravens are going to have now put themselves into that position in these playoffs of being that tough out that nobody wants to play.
0: Cool. Well, let's get right to the games. I think we should do that, and there's not many of them. We only have four. Buccaneers at Saints, third game of the year between these two teams. The Saints crush the Bucs each time. Tom Brady has never lost to a team three times in a season. I like Brady here, but I like Breeze more. Kamara has it all over Fournette, and although I like Evans and Brown, there's nothing wrong with the Saints receivers either.
1: Well, okay, again, we're also going to see some two great offensive minds going at it, too, with Sean Payton and Bruce Arians. Payton... I think is the most well-known of the two having won a Super Bowl, and every year has got one of the top offenses in the league, but Brady 43 is Bruce Arians, the best quarterback he's ever worked with and look at the year he's had. Um, he's got a full squad to match it. So like Peyton has with the saints, these are two excellent defenses, two dynamic running games. And as you mentioned with Kamara, they've got that added dimension of a pass receiver as well as a running back. Um, but Brady, having never lost to a team three times in one season, as you'd mentioned, that's going to be tough. Even though the Saints are playing at home, and as well as the Buccaneers, that were playing not just offensively and not just with Brady, but across the board. This is going to be a great game to watch, I think. And it's, who's going to flinch? You know, what coach is going to call the right play at the right time? You know, think back to that Super Bowl where, where Sean Payton calls the onside kick uh, coming out at halftime to change up and get an extra, extra possession in the game. Um, there's, you know, both of these guys are kind of aggressive in their approach, not all the time aggressive, but they like to pull out that key play that you're not expecting. So, you know, that's going to be interesting, I think, and a real good game that I'm going to be tuned into watching anyway.
0: You know, I, I love Sean Payton just because of exactly what you just said. It seems like he pulls something out of his hat somewhere along the way that nobody expects. And it, 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 it in addition to the, the play itself in the game, it just makes the game fun to watch. You anticipate something's going to happen there.
1: Right. I mean, and I mentioned Brady's 43, Breeze is 41. I know. So you got the two oldest quarterbacks still left going playing against each other this week.
0: Yep. Breeze was with San Diego back then. Remember that?
1: All the way back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Rams, Packers. And, you know, and the funny thing is, before we leave that game, they were talking about, I think he had an arm problem or so. He had some sort of injury.
1: That, uh, in Breeze Oregon.
0: did. Uh, pardon? Breeds it, yeah. yeah.
1: The, the The season before, he dislocated his shoulder, yeah, right. for against the Colts. Yeah. Ending up to finish the season, and so it was questionable whether he was going to play again. And
0: now he's he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Rams Packers. Normally, I'd say I love Aaron Rodgers, but the Rams defense is powered up and there's a a different Aaron that uh, could turn this thing around. Uh, They could turn any offense upside down the way they're playing right now. And that's why this will be close. If the right Jared Goff shows up, I think Rodgers has a rough day. I like both running backs, Jones and Akers. Akers went for over 130 last week and he can do it again. I actually like the Rams in the run, the Super Bowl at this point.
1: Well, uh, sounds like maybe some of my earlier comments this year have at least have you steering in the, <laughs> st- steering in the Rams' direction a little bit. Um, I'll say this, though, about Rodgers. So looking back, out of, out of the 16 games he played this year and had, I guess, statistically, his second greatest year ever after 2011, um, he did have one poor game Rodgers statistics-wise. So he threw for 160 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Any guess on who that team was? The Rams? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. So another good defensive team that showed up that day, you know, and uh, obviously put it to him. But, um, you know, could the Rams contain Rodgers like that? Possibly. And, uh, but Rodgers absolutely shredded a good Bears defense twice this year. And uh, so my bet, I think, is on Rodgers uh, in this one. Uh, remember, they had the bye last week. So they didn't play. They rested up. They got healthy, um, and now you've got again one of the better offensive minds in the NFL calling plays in uh, Matt Lafleur, and an offense that has all season long been hitting. Uh, so I think this is going to be a tough. And remember, they're playing in Lambeau also. And it's, I looked ahead; it's going to be most likely in the twenties this weekend there. And uh, you know, so golf. He's remember he's the one that very short time ago had surgery on the thumb. Didn't have a great statistical game against Seattle. And now it's going to be playing even, even, uh, I think, more worse weather, I guess, in Lambeau. Uh, And so, you know, uh, can the Rams' defense hold up? Possibly. But I think the Green Bay's got a good defense as well. Um, And I think the fact that they're playing at home, even though, you know, fans, if there are going to be any, will be limited. It's still in Lambeau. The Packers are at home. Bad weather game. Team with a bye coming off and rested. I like the Packers.
0: You know, it's interesting, you mentioned uh, the surgery to golf, you know, Um, anytime you have an injury of any sort, and you're in cold weather, you feel that extra now he's coming even with a glove, you know, he's gonna be wearing a glove, even with a glove, the thumb after the surgery hasn't been that long. Uh, The cold weather, I got to think that, you know, that's gonna, that could really affect his, his ability.
1: No doubt. Did you see him on the sideline? Yeah. um, Sitting on the bench, trying, you know, he's kind of. The left thumb, right, yeah. was yeah. kind of up like that. Yeah. The right thumb was kind of couldn't even make it past that. Yeah. So here's a guy trying to throw football in what well, wasn't freezing weather. It wasn't great weather, but it wasn't freezing. So I think you're right. And, you know, your extremities, uh, they're the last ones to get the blood flow, right? So it's, um, I, I think that could be one of the issues in this game. Were
0: you a big fan of the uh, the hand warmers? You know, the, the, yeah, the heck yeah, ball.
1: man. Uh, I, 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 you know, playing in Detroit and Chicago for the nine years that, between two teams I was there, I always, whenever the schedules come out, I always looked ahead and saw what were the last two or three games we were playing. And we always, every year, Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I remember back in those days, there wasn't a lot, there was no Under Armour back then. Right. And guys were putting like lathering up, whatever skin was exposed would get some Vaseline on it. Uh, you'd put your socks on, but you'd put baggies over your, over your socks inside your shoes and uh so there was extreme things to do in extreme weather and i don't know if any of it helped but it's uh, it was definitely uncomfortable
0: <laughs> <laughs> ravens and bills bills got to be hard i can, i i could can see in a locker room just put putting bag uh Ziploc bags over your face right
1: <laughs> it, that's crazy we played a game one year in green bay it was 35 below oh, okay. and, and it's it's really it's it's not fun i think we won the game but it's not wasn't fun doing it
0: yeah go oh. Ravens, Bills, Bills going to be hard to beat. But, you know, the way the Ravens are playing right now, I said this last week, it's going to be a challenge. It'll, it'll, I'll be pulling for the Bills in my heart, but I got to think Lamar Jackson's flying just as high as Josh Allen these days. I think both will be spectacular. I think this will be one of those huge points days with the last team with the ball scoring the game winner. And I like Dobbins and I certainly like Diggs, but I really think that Gabriel Davis, the rookie, could be the key player here. So I would ride him.
1: I like it. It's, you're kind of setting up kind of the uh, what, Ravens Browns Monday night football game too, right. With these <laughs> yep. two offensive teams. And I agree with you. I think Lamar Jackson is my key player here. Um, and he better be who the bills defense keys as well. Uh, in the last several weeks uh, there is simply no answer for him from an opposing NFL defense this year. And I know this game is in Buffalo. And I know the bills mafia is coming in hot from a long playoff drought over the years, but they're, limited uh, numbers wise, um, uh, but, you know, the Bills uh, didn't have a bye. Remember, they had to play last week against a tough Colts team. Um, and now with only a week to prepare, uh, no more than the Ravens get. I think I'll take Baltimore. It's a, it's a stretch. I'll give you that. It's a stretch because Buffalo's hot right now. But I think just so are the Ravens, you know, and, and I think Allen and his crew, they're still going to put up decent numbers. Mm, and I think the Ravens defense, though, is going to limit somewhat uh, the effectiveness of Josh Allen. I think they'll force him into a couple of turnovers, maybe a fumble, maybe an interception or two. And, um, you know, I think it's me going out on a limb here because I know it's at Buffalo and Buffalo is a hot team, but I'm going to pick the Ravens this week to come through.
0: Browns and Chief. Browns run ends here as far as I can see it. Chiefs haven't looked like the top of the line Chiefs lately. The Browns are on a roll and a high, but well, I think Mayfield will have a good day. I think Chubb will be better, but neither will play as well as Mahomes and Hill. Uh, the key here will be uh, Kareem Hunt, I think. Remember, he was drummed out of KC after an off-field incident a couple of years ago, and he's been spectacular with the Browns after being allowed back into the NFL.
1: You know, it's funny. I think you're right because a lot of – some people I've heard make comments about, you know, the last six, seven weeks of the season, the Chiefs weren't the dominant, like, uh, points getter, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Can you imagine, though, that being the coaches like this week, the fancy coming and telling his team, well, okay, we're catching the Chiefs at the right time. They're a little down. <laughs> no, they're not. They're, they're whatever they are in one. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think the uh, – to me, I think you're right, though. I think the Browns' hot streak does end here. Uh, and, and I'm saying that in part because I've been billing it up that I think I see a chiefs Ravens rematch or not rematch, but an AFC championship game. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, Andy, Reid, he, they did have a buy give hit, give that guy an extra week to prepare for you. And that's, that's a scary proposition. I think the Browns are going to face. Um, but everyone who's doubted the Browns this year have paid for it. And, yeah. uh, still though. Casey has a great home field advantage, even though again lack of fans, as has been the case for everywhere this year, and so you lose some of that atmosphere. That to me, that's one of the special atmosphere stadiums in the NFL. Um, so as great as we all have seen Lamar Jackson to be lately, that's what Mahomes and the Chiefs offense has been for most of the season consistently. So I think that uh, we'll see a great game, like you put, like you just build, mm, and uh, I think a shootout, like you said, maybe to the finish. And but in that game, I do like the Browns falling behind just a bit short of winning that game.
0: Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I'm going to. I was. I'm going to ask you to do the same. Uh, pick the uh, two teams that you think will make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I said earlier I, I like the Rams uh, on on a playoff run here, and as much as I hate to say it, I like. Uh, well, I think I don't like. I think uh, it's going to be. Uh, I see Baltimore. Uh, ended up because they, they're they just playing well and playing lucky. They're playing like the Steelers did at the start of the season, getting lucky as well as good. And, you know, I, I really, I, I think it's going to be the Rams and uh, the uh, um, Baltimore Ravens in, in the Super Bowl this year.
1: Okay. So here's all I'll, I'll, uh, with the Ravens. I like your pick. I really do. I think that uh, again, I don't see them as lucky. I see them as having the human joystick in Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, not just running the ball, but passing the ball. I mean, they just, there's nobody, no team right now that I can see that in the last, I don't know, month, month and a half of the season that's had any answer for not just him, but what he brings to their entire offense that nobody can defend that either. And then you've got their defense, which absolutely annihilated, the Titans last week in that running game. Like you mentioned, not only did they hold Derrick Henry to 40 yards, they held their team to 50 or 51. And so I think that's to me, a good bet uh, getting through these playoffs Um, on the NFC side. As much as I hate to say this, it's, it would be hard for me to go against the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. They've got home field advantage. They had the bye week. They've got, absolutely the hottest offense I think in the NFC and uh the uh it's the second year Matt LaFleur it's kind of like the Sean McVay you know and has that team playing together I just I think they're going to be a tough um a tough act for anybody to beat along the way to get to Super Bowl so I think those two teams KC and Green Bay what was that was that the first Super Bowl too uh,
0: you know I, I that was your first yeah, early was. in the year too, but yeah, right, yeah.
1: right. But no, I think that was the first. Uh, yes, yes. Right. That uh, was that yeah. was the
0: first merger Super Bowl. Right. That, uh, the they called it the NFL Championship Game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't become the Super Bowl until a little later. And the tickets were like they had to give tickets away.
1: Y- yeah, they were like five bucks, and <laughs> you know, like who cared if you went? It was yeah. like going to a little league
0: game. Uh, Green Bay came back the next year too. So, oh my. Well, there you have it. Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now also on Megaphone with C-Suite Network. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. See it there at the bottom of your screen. Well, we're into the playoffs. We're in deep, and we'll see you next time.